What's up? Welcome to the show, episode 31. Yeah. I'm back in the mix from the start of it again, not dipping in and out of meetings. Josh is melting, so I'm melting. Like, let's just move fast. I'm melting. It's hot outside, man. He's already turned into one of them. He's like, oh, it's cold, cold, cold. Oh, it's hot. It's too hot. <laughs> no, really. It's like hey, hot. <laughs> I told you before, it traps the heat, it traps the cold. But you lot were moaning all the time at the start of it. No, no, but it was cold and you used to have to <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. I, I'm flexible. I, I adapt. Like, I'm good, whatever the heat is. As long as you don't bring kryptonite in my distance, I'm cool. What's good, though? What's been um, so first off, I think we obviously need to touch on um, the atrocity in in Manchester at the start of the week, and just thoughts out to everybody who was in involved in that, terrifying. affected by it. Like when I woke up and when I saw it, and it said Manchester Arena. First thing in my mind was like, "Is there a Manchester in America?" Because I think there is in the state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Manchester. Um, sorry, if that sounds like a naive question to us. Yeah, I think yeah, there is. But I looked at it. I thought, "Is there? Is that man? Is there a Manchester Arena in America?" Because it just didn't seem. Yeah. Not that it would have been normal to happen there. But it just didn't seem like a thing that would have happened at Ariana Grande concert in, in Manchester, like especially with something that's full of of young young women and children. Yeah, right? it, was a, it was a horrible thing to see. Yeah. To be honest. True terrifying. It's been a tough week. Um I've loads of friends and family um in Manchester. Um, all week my my Facebook I have loads of friends in Manchester and all week my Facebook's just been like Yeah, you were at uni in Manchester. Oh in uni in Manchester, I've I have so many friends there, so it's it is mad. Like um yeah, and what you what you find is that you know that six degree separation it actually is true. Like people did know people that have lost people in that in yeah. that thing. Like someone, like I saw it. Someone's on. Oh, where's this person? And then sorry for your loss. I'm like, damn. Yeah. It's, it's it's terrifying as well. Like you got like we go to concerts all the time. Imagine like now yet now it's different. Like because you know what happened was that you know when you go to concerts they search your bag before you go in. Well, what happens when you go out, yeah, they don't do it because like, anyone can walk up to the place. You don't want to go inside because everyone thinks why the concert's finished, why you want to go inside? Yeah. So that's what happened. The guys walked up to the, to the stand and the thing blew up when people were leaving early. It's just mad. Do you know what's mad as well as you've got the FA Cup tomorrow? I thought to myself, it's going to be insane, the security of that. Yeah. That's, that's huge event yeah. after... It'd be slow getting inside and I don't blame them. And, and, it's, and it'll be harder to, when you're leaving because they'll, they'll pop a light. Mm. Well, they've already stopped like the, the victory parades and stuff, you know, whoever wins, there's no victory parade. Oh, is it? Yeah, they've cancelled that, they've cancelled, there was an Emirates um, screening indoors, they've cancelled that. Um, I think they're just being like extra vigilant. There was one guy who went, there was some group uh, music and they were like, yeah, we're not going to cancel our tours because that, that comes across as cowardly. I'm like, I understand the sentiment of where you're coming from, but it also comes across as sensible as well. Like, because it's not about you saying, I'm brave enough to go and do my concert. It's the people who walk up in the out. audience, right? Yeah. So... Yeah, it's um, it's, it's been a weird week, anyway. Well, we can talk about the positives of Manchester. Um, what's that? I think you might want to reiterate on the fact because you flipped that at a, a funny time in the conversation. So you're talking about Man United. I'm not clarifying. You're talking we'll talk about, about Man United. The positives. Well, the positives. It's, 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 I don't mean there's much to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> Man United won the Europa League. Yes, congratulations. It's a of difference to me. I'm not crazy about yeah. football, so yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't. It doesn't mean nothing to me. <laughs> Um, it means, means a lot to me though. <laughs> so I'm he, not he's, he's, what's he's, the football he's say? No, calm down. He's, yeah. he's the football guy. I just, yeah. I just, we've already been through this. You. Well done, well done to United. It is, it is what it is. I don't want to talk about football anymore. Not because I, not not because I have anything against football. It doesn't make any difference to me. Just uh, yeah. I, but I said that to well, you last I'm, night. I went congratulations on United. Like, yeah, well, it's what it is. I, I and it say, was good. I want to say it on camera. Well done, United. Well done. And it was good to happen as well, especially after what happened in Manchester. Yeah, I was going to say that. That's so that, fine. That, that was also a nice thing to happen. So big up yourselves, Manchester United. You played against kids and beat kids. No, that's unfair. Yeah, I still got a good team. I still got a good team, yeah. and they've done a good thing. They, and yeah, and it wasn't. I didn't watch the game, but I saw heard that it wasn't the most exciting performance. But it doesn't make any difference. I mean, yeah, Ferdinand right. said afterwards, nobody get, nobody remembers the performance. They just remember the win. So okay. it's take, it's, take, take your hating off, hat off. No one hating man. This ain't your football group, bro. Anyways, it's killing the conversation. I want to talk about football. I did so. So moving on. Um, what did we want to talk about this week? So what's the first topic? Is it? You've laid it on me. I don't like it when you when you tear up. I'm teeing up. I was trying to do it smoothly, but it didn't really work out. So, guys, so what's the first topic, man? But what do we want to go through? I want me to go to the relationship. Yeah. What makes it a relationship? So, um, as you know, Ben's single, um, Leon's married, and I've just got a girlfriend. And um, 
we all have different perspectives on what makes a great relationship. Um, we start off with the person that's married because I think that's the graduation. Uh, I think it's I think it's a mix of I think and I think the topic for me is that I think it's, it's it's an interesting point to discuss. One about what makes a great relationship, the importance of having that relationship because we can look at flip turns. I can find benefits from me being single. That doesn't mean I seek to always forever be single, but then there are benefits from finding somebody at the same time, which is where kind of you guys can provide input that frankly. It's been so long since I had a girlfriend, I've forgotten <laughs> to talk the benefits. And I was young, so that weren't real proper relationships. I think um, one of the benefits of having a relationship is having um, someone that supports you. And what I mean is your friends support you, but then it's also having that someone that supports you in the background when the quiet times when the friends are no longer there. And that it's, it's when you're single, you don't always have it, because when your friends aren't there, you're usually by yourself in your quiet space. But when, when my quiet space now, Usually involves my girlfriend being there yeah. and um, me being brutally, can be, can be brutally honest with her and say like, yeah, this is not um, what I'm doing, is not what I want to do, or uh, I'm not happy this way, and she supports me in, in those effects. And you were saying that last week's podcast, it, was, it took you some time before, we, um, I'm not telling her, it took you some time before you were, you showed vulnerability, vulnerability in your relationship. Yeah. Uh, I said that I tried to start, I, tr- I tried to start, yeah. I started off showing vulnerability. And the reason why I did that is because from past relationships, I come across as being quite smooth, like too smooth in the sense smooth that I know what to say to girls, I know I, I know how to, I know how to make a girl like me, blah blah. blah. But then it doesn't come when you, when you go through bad times, it's like a shock to them, yeah. a shock to the system, and then they then you either like think hmm, this person won't support me, or I don't like show that I have weaknesses, and then you dump I dump them. <laughs> so with um, with my girlfriend, the current one, I, I current one, my last one, hopefully. <laughs> uh, with um, my girlfriend, um, she'll be watching this. You better say the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> with um, with her, is I from the get go, I said to her, "Look, this is me." And it's all the stuff that I worry about. It's stuff that's on my mind. This is stuff that I want to achieve. This is me, and you either love it or you love it. Hey, if you can't do it, then I'm cool. I think you can do that now because you've had experience. You've had a yeah. number of of like relationships or seeing people that you yeah. can then have the confidence because sometimes if you're not quite involved in in seeing people and then you and then you finally see a girl and you meet a girl and you really like her then you might be nervous to show because you don't want to rock the boat you don't want to mess anything up and then you can probably try and be the big man and yeah. you know what i'm saying so it's difficult i think one of the key key things for me is and i said it to daniela earlier on in the week because i had some stuff going on where i was like literally fuming um but she's the first person that in my mind I'm like, oh, I want to tell. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So she's the first person that I'll call and I'll explain what's going on and then we can talk about it. And I think that for me <clears throat> it's the support network that you have when you when you're building something. And I think we've now got to that level where we're like, we're definitely you know, she's my best friend, I'm her best friend and we'll talk about things and you could just be yourself around each other. Before um Daniela who who was that person without your mum? You know what? No, I, because I'm I'm one of three. I'm the eldest. I'm bloody sweating up here as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of I'm the eldest. So, and I'm like a mummy's boy, but <clears throat> I always want to look after my mum. Okay. <clears throat> so, again, I would never. It was the same thing with Daniela when I first met her. I would never tell my mum my problems and my mum. I don't talk to my mum like that. I'm always the strong one, do you know what I mean? Mm. And I want my mum to come to me to, to help and stuff. But, yeah, who was it before? I don't know. It probably would just be certain friends, one of my best mates, you know. So, yeah, I would, I've always had a good network of friends around me, so that that's helped. But, yeah, if it was it was probably just friends before that. How difficult, i say it to you two, because I know the feeling anyway, but how, do you, how, how difficult, how much of a challenge do you think it is for people to be able to hold on to find the right person rather than just a person because so and the reason i ask the question is so i've been i haven't been in an actual relationship mm. for what coming on like six years now mm. now i know other people <coughs> who can't go six days six weeks six months without being in a relationship they just need to be in a relationship yeah because they need that feeling of relationship and mm. i'm like but if you do that and you're just looking for the relationship and as soon as you're in one you're locking yourself off from well yeah, depending yeah, on how no, true you, you are about your relationship but you're locking yourself off from seeing somebody else but at the same time i think it takes a degree of i don't want to say confidence it takes a degree of 
self-assurance for you to be single for an extended amount of time, knowing that you're comfortable enough in yourself to be single, but still being on the lookout to seek for the right person. I think over the, over the course of time, because I'm not going to lie, there is so often, I'm not turning around and you just have that little self-talk of, like, what the hell? Like, seriously, I can't be that bad, can I? You look around and you see other people in a relationship and you're looking at yourself and you're like, well, I'm not that bad. But then I know for me, I remind myself, like, I only look, I could get in a relationship if I was ready to yeah. settle for a relationship. Um, but well, I think it's kind of hard to The way I see it is, is I got to a point where I realised that you can't go looking for a relationship. A relationship just happens. It's luck. Yeah, you, and you just you just find these people. Now, my situation with Daniela, the way I think is that's so unique in the way it happened. But the circumstances and how it happened, you're like, right, if this didn't happen, yeah. this wouldn't have happened. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you can't... I, I couldn't have gone looking for that. Yeah. Now, I was in a period where I was with, the, with my ex for four and a half years. And then I was single for two. And then towards the end of that, I was like, you know what? I am. I do want to settle again. But I was meeting girls and it, it weren't clicking. It weren't yeah. clicking. But I was still contenting myself that I'm not going to just... Because I've been in my for four and a half years. So yeah. I, I sort of know exactly what I want now. And I'm not just going to settle for just anyone. Do you know what I mean? And then I met Daniela and then it clicked. And that's what you just have to... You just have to you got to wait for it to click. You can't go in. If it, if it ain't right, move it along and yeah. then you just have to keep going. And then sometimes you may got to realise, because it's, it's not a thing of being able to get girls. That's never the issue. You can meet a thousand girls, but meeting someone where you click, that's not easy. And that's something that's, that's organic. It just has to happen just like that. You can't make it happen. Also, you have to get out of your own way. A lot of times people meet the right person and they put things in the way to block, to block themselves from that. getting opportunity. One of the things that when I first said that they were my girlfriend is that um, we, because age got quite big, she had more time. But also, because I work nine to five, but not really, my job, I think, is not as hard, so I can work nine to five and come home. Mm. So I have a lot of free time in the evening. Yeah. But I was, I was always dating girls and seeing girls once or twice a week, yeah, that um, when I started dating my, my girlfriend, that when she wanted to come and see me, like see me three or four times a week, yeah, mm. I was like, why? Yeah, yeah. And then I, I literally said to myself, I, I actually said to myself, bruv, you've got to step out your own way. This girl likes you. She wants to spend time with you. You're not doing anything. All you're, all you're, all you're doing is sitting in front of the, the mm. PC. She can be there while she's doing that, yeah. Let, let her come around. And, like, because I did that, we built up this friendship where literally, like, I'm around her a lot. Mm. And that's, for me, it's weird because normally I wouldn't want to be around a girl that yeah, much. Yeah, girls, yeah. People, not girls, but people get on my nerves. But with her, it's so, it's so easy. I don't mind her being around me. Sorry guys, the police, the bikers have gone crazy, but you can hear in the background. Yeah, that's annoying. But um, yeah, ignore it. But yeah. Um, I think I, what I would say to that is, you've probably had situations before where girls have wanted to see you yeah. three, four times and you've, and you've shut yourself away and been like, I'm not interested. Yeah. There's something that is right about your current girlfriend, which I think has made you want to spend more time with her. Yeah. And, and it's all about clicking, which you can't make happen, I don't think. It just has to, it just happens. It has to be organic. No, 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 no it's cool, I get that. No, I obviously, obviously I get that, like, track record speaks for itself. Um, but I think it's when, so when two years is fine, that's acceptable, when people start going past that. Again, I think it's very difficult to not fall in the trap. The longer it goes, to not fall in the trap and just say, well, I think I like this girl. I think I like this girl because or get to a point where you're like yeah. at eighty five percent, like uh, maybe I just have to settle for this. Yeah. Like, and for some people, I guess that works because the feeling of having a semi good relationship versus the feeling of being single forever is is it's like the lesser of two evils. So one thing I would say to that Ben though is relationships are hard work. Yeah, they are. They are hard work. So, to be clear, I've been in a relationship. I just want to. I haven't been single yeah, my whole life. I just I just wanted to no. I just no, wanted no, to stress no. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know that, but. I'm just counteracting um, what you just said there because I think relationships are such hard work. I think if you're not all in, then somewhere down the line it's, go it's going to crumble. Yeah, yeah. So I think if you're not 100% in the beginning and then you're just going into it, if, if, you're, if you're thinking to yourself, you know what, I'm going to do this for a year, couple of years, then okay. But if you're thinking, oh, I'm going to jump into this and 
yeah, we'll see how it goes. And you haven't really got a plan. I just say there's no point even even starting it because somewhere along the line it's gonna fall. Well, out. I said to somebody before, and I mean, yeah, and I, 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 it sounds jokey, but I mean, it's like a relationship is a job. Yeah. Because I said to somebody before when I had my heaviest years at work, I was like, yeah. I ain't got time for a relationship. I can barely manage this yeah, job. I can't yeah, afford to have another one. True. And I know that sounds kind of flippant, but it is because of the work that it entails. It's not a work, a job in the sense of the stress that it brings, but the hard work that it puts in. I agree, you need to make sure that you're all in on it. I think, um, yeah, and I, I wouldn't say I struggle with that, but yeah. It's making the sacrifices. It's, it's like, so my life's changed. I've changed quite a lot in the time I've been dating. Um, and one of the things I'm I did... I'm smiling. One of the things I did do, one of the things that I stopped going out. And, and what that... Is, I stopped going out because of... I started thinking to myself, I've done this, I've been doing this so long, it's the same thing all the time. But also by not going out, I didn't have to look elsewhere. Mm. And, and, and what I'm, I'm not saying that because if I went out, I'll, I'll look elsewhere. Just that you wouldn't have work temptation out mm. there. Yeah, true. And so and I literally made my girlfriend my priority in what I want to do. Like if I want to do stuff, I want to do it with her. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I said to myself, look, I don't need to look elsewhere. Mm. Also, I can't program myself to think like, yeah, these girls are attractive, but I don't find them attractive. I find my girlfriend attractive. Today I tried to lie to her. I said to her, I said to her and girls don't find me attractive. The only girl that finds me attractive is you. She just looked at me deadpan in the face and think, yeah, so boys don't find me attractive. The only boy that finds me attractive is you. I might as well walk out in a short skirt. I was like, nah, nah. <laughs> She hit you back quickly. Yeah, she hit me back. But like, um, yeah, I just changed. I, 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 I said, I, want, I found someone that I click with. I want this to work, yeah. So I'm going to do anything I can do in my power to make it work. Not saying I'll roll over and just be a uh, dog's body and she walks all over me, it's not that. It's just that I'm gonna give I'm gonna give this relationship a go and yeah. see how it goes. And that's another important thing is when you do find um, I think when you do find that one that you feel there is a future with because us as men I think we when we when we meet um, girls we can kind of know whether there's a possibility of a future or not mm -hmm. with, with somebody. And I think if you find that you give it some time and you say, you know what, yeah, this can be the one. I think we, we owe it to ourselves as well to also try and make it work. Because as men, sometimes we want the girls to be the running around yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and to show all of the effort. And I know that's been me back in the day. You do all of the effort. You ring me. You show the interest. You know, I'm going to be... But some... Because we, we feel our macho, you know, you're yeah. a bit of a pussy if you try, you know... And, you got. I think. I think. Yeah. I think. You to, I don't think you have to be confident enough in yourself because people can manifest that. So I, I, I'm not. I don't get girls to to do all the effort. In fact, if they put too much effort in. I'm like, no, you just too much. Mm. You become too much. You you're getting into my life too much. Because yeah. for me, I'm like, it needs to be a balance. I spoke to a girl yeah. about this before. I'm like, it needs to be. If I if I can't have a twenty four seven girlfriend, mm. then I need to find a girlfriend who doesn't want a twenty four seven boyfriend. Yeah. Not that you don't have a functional relationship, you have one where she's like, I'm not gonna expect you to come home to me every single night and give me all of your attention because mm. I have my life. So your lives, you you share a life rather than and you have to make there is a balance and you have yeah, to yeah. make sacrifices and stuff. But you share a life rather than one of them ends up having to sacrifice too much and making themselves unhappy. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. How long do you think that's? How long does it take for you to? How long did it take before you clicked on like, yeah, this one, this one worked? Because obviously I have my infamous three day role, so yeah, yeah. and you just said there sometimes you need to give it long enough to get to that. I, I think I think so. I, I I think it's something that develops over a period of time. Initially, initially you meet someone, and for me it's 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 like an attractiveness, yeah, um, a physical thing first of all. <clears throat> then you get to know. Then you get to know them. Mm -hmm. Then you want to still know about their family, their upbringing, what makes them... There's so much to, to find out in, in finding an actual girlfriend who's going to be wifey, do you know what I mean? And that takes time because... And the other thing as well is when you move in with them, that is a whole other level. So you could be together for years, move in with each other, and then it's, it's a whole new person. So that do you know what? I was, I was talking to a, a girl before and she said... Sorry, I didn't cut it. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that she said... She was talking to her now. She's like, "Oh, you two should just go away for the weekend." Because she's like, yeah. "If you're trying to work out whether you two get would yeah. actually get on, get on, go and spend forty eight hours and continue." Because yeah. I've been on. So last relationship I was on, we went on holiday for a week. We split up a month later. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that happens a lot though. Yeah. I said a lot because a lot of times in relationships, um, the guy is just her boyfriend and she's just her girlfriend. And what I mean by that, they're not actually friends. So I think what people people miss out on relationships is that friendship part because of. You go to dinner together, you, you, you joke around, have a laugh, you go home, that's you. But when you're when you're like living together or like you're around a person a lot, 
you have to actually like that person. That yeah. person actually has to be your friend. Yeah. A lot of times relationships, a lot of guys that they girl, that girl's not their friend, that girl's not in their life. She she has her friends, he has his friends, but they come together and they go to cinema together, they go for food together, they go and they go like weekends away together, but they don't spend that quality time getting to know each other properly. Yeah, yeah, and they don't actually like so when they actually find out about their, their partner, like actual find out about them, they think, I actually like this person. Yeah. But I think to have a relationship that person has to be your friend first before your partner. I think you have to put effort in to get to arms. Like the thing is, so, so I know I understand when you talk. So for every actor, the free date. I don't know if the end is in Hitch, right? But Hitch, there's a moment in the Hitch, in Hitch film where he's like, I don't like to get to know a woman past a certain point. And that point was about a week ago when she ends up hurting him, right? Now, I take a very similar approach today. And I'm like, I don't want to get in a position where I put myself in a position where a girl can walk off and then she's not broken my heart and yeah. not, not playing violence here, but she's managed to hurt me emotionally, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So I don't put myself in that position unless I really think it's worth it. Yeah. Likewise, I don't put a girl in that position. And I'm like, the way that I date, like it's not, so I'm not gonna meet you and say, oh, do you wanna come around and chill for the evening? And, like, mm. and part of the problem is, is I will say, do you want to go out for dinner? But then I'll take them out to the dinner for a nice place. This yeah. is not me and I've fallen for you. This yeah, is yeah. me, this Trying is me being a man. Them. I'm a yeah. grown ass man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm caught in a woman yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to steal yeah. them also ways. And I'm going to treat her like a gentleman, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So two dates in, you've taken them on two dates like this. You ask some questions. I'm a, and obviously, because I'm a good listener, yeah. like, and you said before, when you went on a date, the one of the girls was like, best dates you've been on and all you did was allow her to talk right? yeah. so we get two dates into it and they're thinking well he's really into me and i'm thinking well i'm just not i'm not actually that into you it's just i enjoy your company yeah but and i, and I rarely meet a girl who's not a nice girl is just not a girl for me yeah 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 which is why i have my three dates. but i think i genuinely the way i approach it and is i like to think i'm quite perceptive so i know quite early on mm. whether it's going to work the physical attraction yeah but Beautiful people exist the world over. Yeah. Like, it's, for me, it's attracting my eyes is one thing. Attracting my mind is the yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, and that becomes the part which is challenging. I've come across girls before and I'm like, wow, they throw a curveball. We'll start talking about stuff. Like, I sat in a conversation where girls start talking about psychology. And I'm like, wow, it's not deep. Like, she's got something to talk about. I could be out with her and not just talk about... Oh, what happened in your day? What happened last week? What's going on in the social world? You can talk about something legitimate because otherwise, within four weeks, you're like, well, we're running out of stuff to talk about now. Let's talk about our friends' lives. Like, that seems boring to me. <laughs> I was talking to, um, I was talking to about, um, today about anthropology. And we're talking about, like, meat and how we make, because we've the theory that human beings eating meat and made our brains grow. And the, the, the fact is that most people are very No, 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 nothing wrong with these senders. It's just that she found she felt that we've been clipped. I was like, cool. I've had girls. I okay before I date something, dating my current girlfriend. I this last summer I dated nonstop. I had like I've seen I saw one girl for two, one month, another girl for another month, another girl in from from May to uh, September. I was dating, and when I met my girlfriend, it was like bang, like the feeling was just there. It was just like yeah, she's the one. And I I, I knew like. I, I, not that I knew she was the one, I, I knew that we'd get on because of like, the first day I met her, was, the things we were talking about, I don't talk to normal girls about, it. it's like, you just bang in, you have deep conversations, like wow, this person actually has a brain, like, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that a lot of women haven't got brains, but a lot of women don't want to talk about certain things that they think might be a bit nerdy or... The thing is, it's just the way that you click, so, because yeah. if you've got somebody who is a guy who just watches TV all the time in The Walking Dead, um, <laughs> and he meets a girl who's into watching her TV and she just wants to come home and chill at night and he just wants to come home and chill, then that's perfect. Yeah. It's not about intelligence or lack of intelligence. Like It's that they fit with each other, right? Yeah. And then you've got versus somebody who wants to come in and have fruitful conversations. You need to find, again, somebody else who clicks between the two of them. It's literally two people that are compatible with yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, a Spurs fan an Arsenal fan, that could still work. That could still, I was going to say. That could still yeah, work. Exactly. Because they've got a common interest in football. Yeah. And there's that banter, that rivalry, and they can bounce off each other. It's just having common interests. Stuff that you can... I think what happened with me and Daniela early on, which I, I was attracted to her about, was her banter. And I, and I always like a girl with a sense of humour. Yeah. And she had great banter. And like she would say things, and I'd just be like, oh. And then it started... 
getting to the point where we would say things at the same time and that sort of stuff. And you know, you hear people talk about it, but it, it generally did start to happen and you start to think, feel that con that connection and you know, this is this is something that's real. So yeah, man, it's just have being compatible. Like you said, it doesn't have to be intelligence or anything. It's just two people. You see some people, that you, two people that look a certain way and you'd be like, oh, wow, you can, oh, I can picture you two together. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. That sort of I, think, I think take away from me for this, for people to take away actually from the conversation is don't, because society suggests it's difficult to be single. There's almost a stigma to it if you're single for a long time. Like, assume if you're single for, like, multiple years, then you must be a player, right? You must be a player because how could you not be, mm. right? Because you've been single for a long time. Or if you're single for a long time, society suggests that you should be in a relationship. So you start to feel a lack of confidence in yourself, right? And I just think people need to be confident enough and comfortable enough in themselves to want to seek out that that right compatible. I'm not saying you can have a perfect match. Like no, I'm not saying yeah. that all the stars are aligned, yeah. but you find the right compatibility rather than letting all the pressures of society and all the pressures of being single force you into just settling and accepting. Because the problem is, is you can go through dealing with that. You can go through dealing with that to the point that you get married, right? But often what I find is people who got married super young before they understood what love is because I'm like when you're getting married at like 21, 22 some of them might last back in the day but nowadays you don't really know what true love is right mm. at that age when I look back and I'm like I spoke with my girlfriend if you asked me at the time were you in love well, I'd probably said yes I look back now I've been like nah, no, I want to love yeah, this yeah, yeah, nonsense yeah. I didn't even know what it was yeah, right yeah, 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 but yeah. you get people who fall into relationships they will last and the further they go four or five years down the line you realise wow I wasn't compatible and I can't do this anymore and so somewhere it's going to fall apart so what I think is really worth holding out and then investing the effort in finding the right compatibility at the start in order to find a longevity rather than taking the easy option at the start which will come out with more immeasurable amounts of pain further on down the line if you need to fall apart. Totally agree. Another thing I wanted to, to um, add and it will be interesting ladies to hear your views so if um, you know hit us up on the comments and let us know what you what you're thinking but i think it's a little bit different for men and women because women tend to have and this is just what i feel and i've got a very close friend who's a female that I, i'm learning from what how she's been mm -hmm. going she's been single for a little while and how she's been taking and things like that but women have a have a clock or they feel yes, like they yeah, have a yeah, clock yeah. and it's not the same for men you know you could, a man could be 50 and still you know, get a younger girl or still be able to do X, Y, and Z. And I think, especially ladies who want to have children, yeah. when you start getting closer to 40, close to 40, and you have it, it's a little bit harder for them. And then that's when, exactly <laughs> what you were saying earlier, do you then just jump into the first one that, not the first one, but one that doesn't quite feel right, but it's right enough for now, and then you just jump into it. And I, and I get that, because I've had this conversation with girls before, and I get what I mean, and, and they do, there is a biological clock. Like, you can't argue around it right, when it comes to having kids. But I think they get it worse from society that yeah. convinces them, well, I do need to settle down. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. they almost find themselves where they do have to get vision. So I've had this conversation before. But I, I also think at the flip side, it kind of still overlooks it when you just say, it's easy to say, well, guys have a longer shelf life. Yes, I could go and settle down when I'm 50 and have kids, but that means I've got another 20 years like, single. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't yeah. want to have that. Yeah, yes, yeah, I yeah. may be able to last for longer, but... Would I rather find somebody now and have 20 years of happiness than go through 20 years by myself, not being unhappy, mm. but 20 years by myself to say, well, I'm a guy, I've still got, I've got a longer clock, like, so I don't, I think it is, I, I don't think it's quite as black and white, black as and white but yeah, yeah. normally they put it as all pressure on women, no pressure on men, and I think it's somewhere in the middle. Some guys yeah. will be happy and play the field for those 20 years and mm. love it, whereas there will be other guys who do want to settle but they just get stuck in the middle. But I do agree that I think women have it a lot more and they get a lot more societal pressure. Yeah, for yeah, it. yeah, definitely. All right. So I think we're going to... I did say uh, before this, we're not, we're not going to take breaks in this, but we're going to take a quick interlude only because I think the guy needs to freshen up a bit. Um, <laughs> give a little, little clip back from Leon and plug in the, the website <laughs> and the rest and we'll be back in like two minutes. All right, peace out. All right, so we're back. Like, I just took special measures just in case it started getting too heated to change into a different colour. That's why I wanted to break. <laughs> <laughs> well, I see every sweat. There was one point at the end of that, I saw the sweat beads starting to come down. <laughs> and I was like, this is a perfect break stop. <laughs> so I wanted to, and I don't think we um, 
think we part touched on it lightly last week when I was talking about owning the suit and the, the Guy Ritchie episode of Joe Rogan. But I want to talk about the, the concept of absolute ownership. So I heard it. First time it was brought up, I was listening to the Tim Ferriss podcast and he was interviewing um, uh, Jocko Willink. Um, who now consequently has his own podcast, right? And obviously he's a former Navy SEAL, so when he, and when he talks, it's very like matter of fact, like, like there's no emotion in it, it's all absolute control. But when he spoke about it, there's so many minutes. I'm, I've, I've just ordered his book the other day, and if it doesn't turn up before I go to Bucharest, I'm going to be so annoyed. When you go to Bucharest? Um, Monday morning, okay. um, lose my bank holiday. You know? um, but still, it is what it is. So yeah, I want to read it because he spoke about it just literally taking ownership of every component of your life and, and one of the things he spoke about is like when he used to go and ask and stuff so when they used to go out to the the troops and the um the commanders that headed them up and be like right tell us what you need and loads of people would be like we need this 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 and this and then he would be like never needed anything and then when he did need something then it knew that it was legitimate because he was like no 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 i'm good but then when he did need something, he knew that he would get it straight away because he knew that he had put that message out there that I'm in absolute control of what, what I own, of yeah. my team. If I am coming to you, it means I genuinely need your help. So he would openly get it. Like, yeah. it would never be in a boy cry wolf situation. But he also talked about, and I believe in this as well, is that when something goes wrong in your life, there may be components that were out of your control, but somewhere down the line to get to the point that you were, there would have always been a moment that you could have intervened at an earlier point. Yeah. And people fail to want, they don't want to take the opportunity to accept that and learn the lesson they can take from it so they don't get it in future over taking the option to just say, well, it all conspired against me. And when I briefly touched on it last week, I was like, people want to put it down to serendipity when you succeed and then put it down to you when you fail. And ultimately it all comes down to you need to take ownership of, of every component. So yes, there may be external factors that change in the outside world that ultimately contribute to a failure that you encounter, but could you have responded differently at the get-go of when that occurred? Could you have adapted differently? So whilst you're wallowing in self-pity, could you be to actually turn around and say, do you know what, if I'd only got this back then, then I could have plugged this out. And even that is difficult to take. It takes a degree of strength to look at that because if it's a bad fall that you've had and you think to yourself, actually I could have fixed this, that makes it worse because you think to yourself, if I'd have fixed this then I wouldn't have been in this situation. So it does take, I think it takes a huge degree of, of, of strength and confidence to actually take full control, but I feel like when you do that with your life, it completely flip turns. You take all of these excuses out, all of these, well I can't get a job because of this and I can't get a promotion because the woman next to me got it because they're trying to promote diversity and I can't be successful because I haven't got the time. When we all don't know that everybody who's made a success has not come from anything different than being a human being like the rest of it, right? There's always reasons, but then when you start to look at the people who are successful in their career, in their lives, and when I say in their lives, they've just got happy families and happy lives, right? They took ownership of everything that went on to create that life. And like I feel a lot, and we spoke about this in early, earlier podcasts, is that I find too many times people are just looking for self-validating excuses. People have to learn to get look outside of themselves. That's what I, to take ownership, you, you have to be able to look outside of yourself and say, okay, what do I need to do? Or what, why am I not succeeding? Or why, why is it my life that I'm not getting to where I want to get to? And not look, because what people do a lot, they look to other people, look to other situations, look to the environment, look to, and they never look inside themselves and say, okay, what am I not doing? So then if, when you start basing the problems on in your environment, or your boss, or your, your relationship with your mum, relationship with your brother, you're not getting, a, um, you crashing your car, and the price of petrol going up, all that does is give you that crutch to say, well, it's not my fault, it's this reason. When you take ownership of your life, you take responsibility for your, for your actions, even when things go bad, you say, okay, where, could I, where, could I go, where did I go wrong and where can I correct this going forward? When you take ownership as well, it minimises the, the issue of um, when you hit bad, when you hit something bad or you fell, you know, because you know that somebody, you had something to do with it, you can, you can correct it. When other people, when you say other people had something to do with it, then you can't correct it and then you put your hands up and let, and let yourself wallow in self-pity. Um, I think it takes the ability to look outside of yourself. And what I mean by that is that when I, went, when I, went, when I left university at the age of 21, um, I felt that the majority of people that had told me to go to university had lied to me. And what I meant by this is that 
I thought that's when I university, I come out and I get a job and I'll be, I'll be a manager because the whole point of going and getting a degree is that you're better than people at the university. And I felt that I'd been lied to. But what I realised, I hadn't been lied to, that the people that were giving me advice to go to university or give me advice to, to get to where I wanted to get to, they just didn't know. So what I had to do, I had to look outside of myself. I had to, the the, the um, thing that people always say is read what the master's reading, don't know when you're going to get past. So I had to start, so I started looking outside of myself. I started reading more books. I started asking people that were successful, what were they reading? I started, I started looking and saying, okay, so what's Steve Jobs reading? Okay, what's my brother reading? He's successful in job. What's this person reading? And I started reading and it, that, it led me to, it led me to hell. Because of what you find <coughs> is that the books I read and the knowledge I had led me to start talking to Ben, start talking to you, and then it, then you find that you have common interests. Uh, interest. And then it leads you to, it, it spans your world, and then it leads you to, to places like this, where um, we have a group of friends, a large group of friends, but us three are the ones that are doing life better because we have similar interests. Yeah. Um, and that, all that is is because I took ownership. I didn't blame it on other people. I said to myself, I need to know how to get, I'm going to get somewhere, how am I going to get there? I want to know what these people know. So I have to take it on myself and own it and say, and I have to, read, I have, to have the knowledge to get there. So I, I start asking questions. <coughs> I took ownership. And I, I think that's because of, I looked outside of myself. I didn't say I'm a black boy from North London and I can't do it. I said to myself, what can I do? Where, what can I do to get to where I need to get to? Who do I need to talk to? Who do I need to be around? Yeah. What books do I need to read? Um, who, do I, who do I need to cut from my, out of my life? Who do I need to drop? And um, it's helped me. It's, and I, I, I think when you own things, then it helps you. I think speaking from experience, when you don't take ownership, that's exactly what you're doing is you're, you're making excuses. Yeah, yeah. You're making excuses for why you're not here and you're blaming it on different things. And don't get me wrong, you can have bad luck and some things can happen. But like what you said is there were points where you could have intervened. There were yeah. points where you did something wrong. Do you know what I mean? And stuff that happened to me back in the day, bad luck with some investments, for example... That was because of myself. I didn't do the right due diligence. I didn't do the right. Yeah, I didn't go in. I didn't go. I didn't go into it in the right way. It, you know, I wasn't informed enough. So that was yeah. I got bad luck, but that was my that was my own fault. And then for a long period of time, is I wallowed in self pity, and you know, I had bad luck, and I'm finding excuses. Now I'm at a point where I can acknowledge where I went wrong, and all that does then is exactly what you've done is you then start to find ways to progress. Yes. So as soon as you drop off the crutches of excuses and you, you act and you're saying to yourself, you know what, this and this is what happened, I'm going to take ownership, now I'm going to start trying to do something. And that is where a lot of people need to get their, their heads around. Instead of stop complaining, start trying to do something and trying to get somewhere. It goes back to what he was saying last week when he was saying about the election and and it not affecting him. And what it means is that people say, people blame the government for a lot of things for them not getting forward. But in reality, if you focus on yourself, then you can work around the barriers that the government puts there or things that happens, changing the laws that may happen. If you put ownership on yourself, then you can manoeuvre around it. If you don't, then you say, it's, it's not my fault, I can't get there. Where it's the government, it's Tories, they cut, they cut my benefits, they cut, they did this, they did that. But you don't actually get ownership with your own self and say, okay, Bad times are coming. How can I? How can I mitigate this? You lot said so, this in early podcasts. You lot spoke about being problem solvers. Yeah. And that's what you need to be. Is if you're going to take ownership and you want to progress, there are going to be things that are thrown at you, and you need to navigate and maneuver away and find a way and be a I problem think, solver. I, I think you do need to do that, but you also need to you need to accept the fact that you are going to do wrong. So you had a good example that you just made there, and I've been in a similar scenario where I went into investment with basically. I was in a bad position. Someone was trying to bankrupt me. I, everything was, the world felt like it was falling down around me. I, I had somebody advising me saying, well, why don't you blame these people who you took the investment with because they didn't educate you? And I'm like, it's not in my persona to do that because the reality is, is well, yes, I could blame them, but it would be inauthentic, my argument, because I know that it was my failure that took on that. Now, that was a hell of a hard time to get through, but I learned from it. And when you go to the lowest of the low, and there was a point in time where somebody called me, I made it through that, and then somebody who I supported and looked after and I basically acted as a guarantor for rent. And then they've been kicked out. They hadn't told me. I've just made it through all these hardships. I get a letter saying, oh, they've defaulted on their rents. So you owe X amount on their behalf. After I'd already told them 24 months before, take me off as your guarantor. They said they had. Yeah. And you know what? At that point in time, I read it. I fell to my knees. I fell to my knees because I just felt 
broken. Yeah, I yeah. call the guy, the guy says, oh, maybe you need to, I'm shouting at him. He's like, maybe you need to get some emotional counselling. I'm like, you have no idea what I have been through in the last six months, hardest yeah. six months of my life. Yeah. And you have put me in this situation by lying to me. And now you're telling me I've got, I've got need, I need emotional counselling. Yeah. I went mad. But what yeah, came out of that is, is I learned going forwards to take responsibility for when it comes to anything where I've got investment in, it's my responsibility to know the details of it. It's my responsibility to plan to have to buy yeah, that yeah. in place. If I don't, it's my fault that I don't have those in place. So for yeah. instance, I downsized my living to make sure that I could put money away for a different investment that I had. That was my choice. I could have stayed where I was and got to the same point, but I learned my lesson the first time round to say, I'm not gonna have this happen again. And again, that, but I could have, I could have just said, well, I'm gonna blow it. I'm gonna live up life for four years, and then I'm just gonna whittle through it and blame everybody else. And all. I didn't. I took responsibility for that, and that, that is me. And you know what I'm like. I don't live near my family, so this at the time, I pretty much managed that burden on my own. I was going to work. I went to the um, Royal Courts of Justice and the the Citizen Advice Bureau and said, what happens through the process of someone trying to bankrupt you? And she took me through all of that, and I went, and I just kind of laughed. She said, do you understand what I'm saying to you? I went. Yeah, she goes, um, why are you laughing? She said, I, I said, I can't believe anybody would do this to my life for the sake of what they're doing it for. Mm. And then I was on my lunch break. I went back into work and, and had a meeting. Everybody's like, are you cool? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Because I couldn't, I couldn't afford to break down. I can't afford to break down in my life outside of this because of my mistake. I had to deal with the failures and manage my life at the same time. And it's the same thing as early on in my career. That I, I, the ownership thing for me has just been ingrained when I was younger. I think it came out of the fact that I was quite sure, because well, I had those shy upbringings in my teenage years, I always felt like the world ain't going to give me nothing. And don't get me wrong, I haven't come from super hard background, I'm not saying that. But I was like, the world ain't going to give me anything that I'm going to take for myself. So for example, I went into working in IT, I've made it up to a relatively strong level in my career, right? But I don't have any qualifications. I went to take one test, I did a Microsoft course, right? I went and took the exam and I failed. And I failed, because I failed because I answered it the way I would have done it in the world today. The quickest way to do it is how I, would, is how I answered the question. I didn't answer it the Microsoft way. Yeah. Now, do you know what happened when I went back to do that exam next time? I never went back to do that exam. I never went back to do that exam. I'm like, I don't need something on a piece of paper that says I can pass book skills because I know I'm good enough to do it, apply myself on a day-to-day -day basis. So when I talk to somebody, they're like, so how did you get to the level you're at without qualifications? Because I'm good at what I do and I display that on a daily basis. I don't need to say, look at these wonderful qualifications I've got. My qualifications are me and the way that I act every single day. And again, that's me taking ownership, not me saying, well, now I've got all these qualifications, so if you don't want me, I can blame your lack of insight into me. That's me taking a, almost the, the risk to say, I'm going to remove the normal route out of there and the qualifications route to say, I rely that much on my ability to do what I can do. So it's, I, I agree with you back there, again, because I've had a very close first-hand mm. concept of it, but it's so interesting when, so I listen to Jocko Williams' podcast now as well, because he's obviously deep, because he's coming from a Navy SEALs background, and it's like, it's trippy. I know they're going to war, but there's so much you can learn from the way that they approach war. Like, it's the typical, look back on it, one of the best, biggest selling business books out there is The Art of War. Yeah. Which has nothing to do with business, but everything to do with business. Yeah. Has nothing to do with how you approach life and success, but everything to do with how you approach life and success. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When the army is coming from the South, make sure you show your up your your defences where they come from. All of that, all of that. Also, right. getting the right, um, getting higher ground. Vantage point. Vantage point. Higher ground. If, if those things and uh, you say it's like war, but you put it into life. Everything. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, I think with ownership is just like like with the guy Richie going back to the guy Richie point and Gary Richie saying about the suit and owning the like, owning the suit. The reason why the suit died in the 1980s and 1990s is because of people were made to wear the suit. So people, when people are made to wear something, they don't they take the ownership gets taken away from them and they, they give it to the person the person that's selling them to wear it. But if you actually own the suit, you feel emboldened by the suit because it's your suit. You've made you, you you've tailored it to where you, how you want to wear it. And you see the difference between someone that owns a suit, how it's cut, the tailoring, and um, how sharp they dress, and how they carry themselves compared to someone that doesn't own the suit, when it's usually, f um, it's just baggy. And I, I think, think that's taking pride as well, isn't it? Oh, but that's taking pride. I think, I think, ownership. I, I think it is ownership. I think it's taking, you, you don't even have to, because I don't tailor my suits. Yeah. But, 
I'm damned if I don't wear that the hell out of that suit. Yeah. So when I and, and the thing is, you can accessorize. You're taking pride in your appearance, and I think the, the two and two come hand in hand. Well, the thing is, no, there is taking pride, but you can tell a lot about someone by. I would say that it's it's weird when I would say you could tell a lot by somebody by the way that they own the suit. I would say the way that they wear the suit, not the way that it looks, the way that they rock it. For yeah. one of a better word, right? So when I go out, I wear a suit. I'll tell you what. One of my accessories when I wear a suit, and then I'm going. Out, out, and I don't have to be in a in a tie situation. My chest is an asset for me. That's an accessory to my suit because I will wear it two buttons down. It said my shoulders are broad. I walk, yeah. got up, held strong. There's nothing that you can't that doesn't say this guy is confident in himself walking down. I'm not fronting on that. I'm 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 owning that suit when I got when I went out last night. The pocket the the pocket the um, pocket square pocket square went in. Sh- nice. Fitted shirt, suit comes down, walk out into the world, and then, but every day I run to work and I see one guy standing by the bus stop, and it's one of those where his shoulders are hunched over and his suit is coming down to here. And all that it would take for him to do that is to square himself up <laughs> and put himself up like that. And all of a sudden, his suit it's may not fit perfectly, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's a different it's a person. Different, it's the yeah. way you rock, it's the way you hold yourself out there. So you, it goes all past the, even the, the suit is a great analogy that he uses for it. But I'm like, you have to own yourself. So when you step out, when I step out, when I go running and I put on like a Steve's thing, I I own when I'm out. You can see I'm confident in the way that I carry myself there. You can see I'm confident in the way that I'm at the gym. You can see I'm confident when I sit in a meeting. Yeah. Like all of those things, you have to do that all the time. And I think it's pride of appearance as well. Like that, that also just, tells you a lot just, about somebody when they go out. Yeah, it's just taking pride in your life though. <laughs> so you can apply, you know, if you're in a meeting, just taking pride in, in you how you come across and that you always want to be and I, th- I think pride and ownership is I think is like go hand in hand they get linked they are linked yeah they get interlinked because once you yeah, cause if, um, I think when you own stuff you take pride in it yeah. you look after it you, exactly so you you own your life you take pride in your life you look after your life you make sure that when people see you, see you they see the aspect of the things that you want to see you take mm-hmm. pride of what um, you show what you want to show and it's that being authentic as well because when like when you run, when like when you run the vest, you own it. You're being authentic. If yeah. if you didn't own that vest and you ran outside, someone will say something to you and it will hit you and you'll be like, maybe I shouldn't wear the vest. But because you own it, yeah, yeah. you don't care what anyone's gonna say to you because it's, you're being authentic in the in the vest you are you're running in. But I find in my super band fitted uh, underarm top, somebody I'll go into the office and they'll be like, yeah, I saw him running out there in that kids. COVID. I go into the office. I wear tight fitted shirts. I work out. I work out right. So yeah. I wear fitted shirts. They're like. Are you gonna stop shopping in baby? You're gonna stop buying baby. No, no, they're gonna start. Are you gonna start buying shirts to fit? I was like, I would start shopping in baby gap, but it's just so much cheaper. Like, so, and I'll take that, and I'll be like, look, anything you say to me is not gonna get me. They know that. They don't know that as well. But I could go home and be like, oh, I'm really self conscious now. I'm about that, but I'm not. You say that to me, I'll be like, yeah, and what? Own it. I'm owning how I look. You don't like it. I don't need you to like it. And they, they respect me for that. Like, it's again, and it's and, and another thing I was. This is the podcast. It was a podcast by I think it was a guy who used to be. It was a guy who trained. Um, the so he's an American sniper. Yeah. Chris Ryan. Yeah. Yes, but I think it was the guy that trained him who was on um, Brian's um, Tim Ferriss's show last week. I think this was him talking about. There's another podcast I listened to. But he was just no, like, it's all right. It. If you haven't said it, <laughs> I'm feeling like we're gonna lose him. But basically, he was the guy who um, trained him and like created a sniper school to uh, to adapt to not having spotters and the rest of it. Um, but he was talking about, and I can't, it might have actually been a different podcast I listened to because I listened to two of them back to back. But he was talking about how you can't let your feelings get the best of you, and that comes with the ownership as well, right? And the example he used is. When people let their feelings beat them, so when you wake up in the morning and you're like, well, I just don't feel like that today. And the reason I say that is, so I go gym six days a week, right? Sometimes seven. Like sometimes I was only day rest day, but I shouldn't, but I don't. But that doesn't mean every day I wake up and go, yeah, I'm bang pumped on the gym. Once I get myself in the gym and I zone out, I'm ready to go. But there are times when I wake up and go, well, it would just be nicer not to go to the gym today. It would be nicer not to get up at Five, five o'clock and be in the office for seven o'clock, right? It would be nicer to lay in bed till eight o'clock, but I don't. And like, some people are like, well, I just, 
I just didn't feel like it. So what? Like, they, they allow their life to be dictated by the way that they feel. And I know when I've been like this before, people are like, why is he so blunt? Well, for things like this, I can talk because I know. When I wake up in the morning with that five o'clock alarm, yes, I don't. I, I look around, There was we were talking last week and you, you guys were dropping off the me. And I think he said to you, what time do you go to, what time do you leave your house? And he was like, quarter eight. I'm like, quarter eight? I've had like two meetings before that time, right? So it'd be nice for me to be like, yeah, and I could get away with that. The thing is, because my job isn't a per se nine to five, but could be a nine to five, then I could turn up at nine and I could leave at five and no one could say nothing, right? Because I'm working with the remix I want. But I choose to put in that extra because of the nature of my role. I choose to get in at seven. I choose to work at night, right? I could easily not do it. And it doesn't mean again, Every day I feel like I want to get up. Some days I feel I have down days. Some days I go in and I have to walk up and be like, right, the team are relying on me to set an example, but I'm not feeling my best self. But then I need to walk up and go through where I had my thing last week and be like, Superman mode, I'm on. Like, and I just think way too many times people, again, it's finding that it's that ownership and it's that lack of excuses because they're just like, well, what's my excuse today? I felt a bit sick. So what? Get up, do it. Like, oh, I felt a bit unhappy. You need to get past that. It just all goes back. I think it just all goes back to how, how much you want, how much you want it, and I just relate it to the gym, because I used to always tell myself I can't get up and go to the gym at six, and then. I, I, two weeks now you're in and you're feeling alright about it now. Right? Oh no, I've done it before. This no, but, but yeah, you said yeah, yesterday yeah. being like but two, at the moment, being two weeks. Yeah, two weeks in now. For me now. Is is I'm getting into that routine and I'm realizing that you know what I can actually survive on less sleep than I thought I could. So, but I put myself in that position because I really want to get in shape, yeah. you know what I mean? And some people, they kind of, you know, like E.T. says, you just kind of want it. You just kind of, and it's true. Some people just kind of want it. They don't really want it. And that's why they don't actually yeah, that's change what they, because you've got to change what you normally do to get different results. And some people just keep doing the same thing. But a lot of the time, I think when they, when they, when they get through, like, they kind of want it. If not, if not their dream. No, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to. Be, I want to be in the music industry, but I want to be a rapper. Yeah. You don't want to be a rapper. You just want to be in the music industry. Yeah. They, they, if you, um, by saying you want to be a rapper, um, you're not doing. You're not going where you want to go. So you, you kind of want it. So you don't actually go all the way. But if you find out what you actually want, yeah, yeah. then it helps you go. It helps you go that extra mile. Yeah. People yeah. a lot of people don't know what they want, so they go, yeah, I want to do this because of. It sounds good. It sounds like it'll give them money in the day, but I'm actually going for the fulfillment of the, what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. So it's about knowing what you actually want to do and like to, to go the extra mile. Like you want to put an extra because you know exactly what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to go and say I want to go to the gym, and we don't really want to go to the gym. I totally you know, agree get what I'm you saying. Actually, so yeah. it's, it's understanding and saying to yourself, what do actually I, I want? want to do, yeah. What do I want? And then if when you know what you want, then you can go the extra mile. If yeah. you don't know what you want, you'll be like. I kind of want it because every, everyone says it's good to it's yeah. good to do, but do I actually really want it? Then then you're not know, really the real working. If you because a lot of people are not honest with themselves, a lot of people really just want to sit in front of the TV and watch The Walking Dead. There's nothing wrong with it. Ben makes, me Ben might not even feel bad about it, but there's nothing really wrong with it. If you, if you, no, no, it's not. And, and I've said that before. I'm yeah, like, yeah. I don't have any problem with that. But don't be a person who's sitting there watching TV and then complaining about you can't know what you want. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. So I'm saying, so like, you have to be honest with yourself and say, what do you really want? And if you know what you really want, then you say, okay, I'm going to take ownership and get to where I want to get to. It's not saying, because uh, my mum said that being a doctor is a good job, I want to be a doctor, then you might not go all the way to be a doctor. You, you might, it might take you a long, longer time than someone that really wanted to be a doctor to get there. You might, when, you, when you are a doctor, you might not even be a good doctor because you, you don't really really want to do it. No, nah, but I believe you can still, you can still, you, even if you don't want to be a doctor and somebody forces you down that road, you can still be the best doctor. I think the problem is it that people like to under, well, overlook how much people who are successful still have to go through it. They like to overlook it and say, well, the person who owns the company, he does, he just has it good. He wakes up every day happy because he's got money in the bank. Whereas they have stresses. Every day they have stresses. Every day they have troubles and challenges that they face, right? But they work through it. And I think people like to convince themselves, like, no, 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 this is, this is not. Well, yeah. I, I just think it's that. I think they find too, too many other reasons. I'm like, everybody goes through it. Everybody who's waking up and you're feeling like, it's too much for me. Like, everybody has that. Even when you're at the top of the top. The Rock probably doesn't feel great about the gym every single day that he goes in there. But he's focused every single day that he goes in there. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely agree with what um, you said, Josh. But, you know, you, you 
have to, it's got to be what you want to do. You're like The Rock goes in the gym and he's focused because he wants to be in the Yeah, but I just don't want to... I think it's a lot more difficult in you're in a situation, like, for example, being told to be a doctor and you don't really... It's not your passion. I think it's a lot harder to turn up there. I didn't wake up in my life saying, I want to be an IT manager. This is not my absolute passion in life, but I am very good at it. Okay, no, like, no, but I'd say that you didn't say that you want to be an IT manager, but you, I'd say that you said, I want to put everything I put 100% in, everything I do, I want to put 100% in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's, that's, and that's different than saying, someone saying, I want to be a doctor and I want to be a doctor. No, 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 I get that, but what I'm trying to say is, even if you are not doing exactly the one thing that you need, you want to be your thing in life, does not, that's just another excuse for me, because there was, there's almost, an, I get what you're saying, that, you, that if you really find what you want, then yes, it, it helps you when you get to those hard times and it helps you through those. But in the absence of that, whilst you are not in that position of chasing your one passion and you're stuck in the life that you are now, you may need to maintain this life where you build a chance to follow that passion and you still need to wake up in the morning when you don't feel like it and get up. Like, and I've said that before, we don't expect people to just cut off what they're doing and follow their passion. You need to manage the stuff in the middle. Like, and I completely get what you're saying, yes, you need to love it. But you need to get to that point, and it ties into, when I said before, excellence is a habit. Like, yeah. when I'm in the gym, I'm applying excellence. When I'm doing, even when I'm doing stuff that I don't like at work, I need to do it to 150% because then I've got a habit of being 150%. So I completely agree, yes, when you, when you love it, that would be great. And the, the doctor example, maybe I'm not, I don't mean it like that. You could be, you wouldn't go into a whole profession that you don't enjoy. But what I want to get out there is people are doing stuff that is not their absolute passion and they just find a reason of, well, I just don't feel like it today. And what I'm saying is there are people who are successful out there. They're still st dealing with struggles, but people overlook it because they see the fun face of media. So they're like, well, their life just must be perfect and they have no stresses. I can guarantee you get them behind closed doors, they will have stresses. Yeah, I get what you mean. I just think it does kind of contradict a little bit to what we've said in terms of passion, what is what drives people and... The fact that you get up in the morning and you follow what you want to do and you should seek to try and do what you because then then we could say that why why follow your passion yeah. then? Well, no, you I don't think be, it, I don't because think you can be one hundred and fifty percent in doing something that you you don't enjoy. So why why bother following? Your passion? Well, no, but why would you not? Well, that does, no, that doesn't make it. That I think that is not what I said. That does not contradict it. So if you follow your passion, you can find happiness in what you're doing in life, right? But that doesn't stop you if you're not following your passion from giving 150% because you find excuses for it. That's got nothing. So I could preach the whole, follow your passion and that's how you give 150%. But that's not going to be the reality for everybody. This is me being realistic about the fact of where you are, you are going to face challenges in your daily life and waking up and saying, well, I'm not, well, I've got an option. I'm going to a job that I don't like, which I'm going to have to make well in this until I can follow my passion. So what do I do? I say, well, I can't give 150% in this job to earn myself the money that I need to put behind to follow my passion because it's not my passion. This following your passion and enjoying that and giving 150% should be your end goal. But you need to be able to give 150% in where you are now. Even if it's not where your passion is. You can't just go from, again, for me, excellence is a habit and you can't switch on and off. And that's not me contradicting anything that I've said before. It's me saying, I don't want to come across as everybody just being the same as everybody else and saying, well, you're not happy in your life. How do you get happy in your life? Just follow your passion. Well, that's great then, but I am where I am now. How do I get from A to B? Well, you accept the fact that while you're going from A to B, you need to build up a habit. It's like when Gary Vee spoke about it before, right? If you're not enjoying what you're doing, then take your life and go from your nine to five and work your nine to five well, but then spend your five till nine working on your different goal. So adapt, but again, for me, you can't just switch on and off being but then good in one thing and then... In, in that scenario, you're then still bringing in, you know, you're, you, you're still trying to focus on your passion. Then, you are working towards your passion. You're working, I think, I think, you're working yeah, but as I said, that's an end goal. I think, I, think, I, think, I think you're saying, we both, I, I get what we're both saying. I think, I agree with what Ben's saying. And I, agree, and I think um, what Ben's saying is that, yeah, you can have a passion, but if you're not in where you are where you want it right now, you can work towards it. I think what we're saying is that if you don't like the gym and you never wanted to do the gym in the first place, yeah, and it's not gonna, and it's, you're not gonna, you're not gonna try to get halfway there. However, if you're like, if you're working, if you're working for as a bus driver, but you want to be a cameraman, right? So you can put hundred percent in being a bus driver because it's gonna get you eventually excellence. If you keep on working that way, if you work, if you work nine to five being a bus driver and work um, five to nine, do um, learning being a cameraman. 
it works because of it, it becomes habitual. Excellent becomes habitual. If you put not all your effort into being a nine to five in a bus driver and then working at five to nine as a, as a cameraman, it's all working towards your passion. And, and the day. it's not saying, oh, your bus driver is your end goal. I'm saying if you don't like going to the gym, that, should, that might be your end goal of I want to lose weight. I don't want, but you don't really want to lose weight. It's, it's, it's the two different things there. We're saying, what well, I think, we're, we're, I think you're, I agree with you. And I understand what you're saying. The music card is going to stop on that. I think we get the 30 minutes. You just need to press, press it. it. Press it again, okay, cool. Right. Yeah, well, I was saying, so yeah, I, I do both what you're saying. Yeah, I just want to, well, for me, you wouldn't end up in the gym if you didn't want to go to the gym. Exactly. exactly. You just wouldn't end up there. I, again, I want to take it out of context. So this is me talking about, every time I get told, you don't talk about stuff that's relatable. I'm talking about stuff that's relatable right now. I go into work on days where there are things that I don't want to do in that job that day, but I still deliver 150% against them. That's not because I'm passionate about delivering world-class IT all the time. That's just because I have a degree of respect you, for myself. You, this you, is But you enjoy doing IT. Do you not enjoy doing IT? No, you, you're missing... No, no, do you enjoy doing IT? No, I dare... Do okay. you enjoy doing IT? Don't talk like that. Don't show that. No, no, no. No, because... No, because you're going to give... You're going to say, yes, but, but I'm just saying, do you enjoy doing IT? I, asked, I just asked you I, a question. There are parts of my job that I enjoy, there are parts of my job that I don't enjoy. So, I give 150% so, so all the time. Is, but, but you're doing something that you do enjoy. For me knowing you, IT is something that you like doing. Well, no, I'm not, I don't actually do stuff in IT. I'm good at management and leadership. I enjoy okay. that. So, 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 but you enjoy your job role. This is the point I'm getting. You enjoy your job role. But and, it's, and it's different. I believe that it's different when you're, when you're still doing something that you enjoy. There's people out there that are doing stuff they don't enjoy. They're stressed. And, and we've talked about stress in the past on this as well. And then for us to tell them that you can't be stressed or you can't be upset, no, you need to get. I didn't say that at all. I didn't say that at all because you're now taken away from the fact. In the last two weeks, I've given nearly two hundred hours of work, and you're acting like I just enjoyed every moment. No, 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 no. that's that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I'm actually asking you about your job role. We all have. You can still do. You, these people that are following their passion, they're still going to have times where it's not quite worked out for them. That's yeah. not what we're talking about. We're talking about if you enjoy what you like doing then that's totally different than saying to somebody that doesn't enjoy what they're doing to then give 150. No, but if you don't, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't enjoy what you're doing, but you're working towards your passion, even if you, imagine if you do a job you don't actually enjoy doing, but you actually put 100% in that job you're doing, so then when you finish that job off, at the end of the day, you can go and work on the things you actually enjoy doing. It's, you're, it's, you're continuing a, a habit of excellence. It's, you're, you're putting 100% in to everything you're doing. It's not saying that even if you don't enjoy what you're doing, you still put the time in. There's days when I, I don't, I'm an accountant. I don't always like being an accountant. I, there's days I loved my job, there's days I don't love my job. Being an accountant has never been my end goal. Everyone, everyone knows me, my end goal has never been a, being an accountant, but I am an accountant. I do, I'm, I'm working in a job that I don't particularly, um, not say I don't enjoy, but I don't want to end up in. But I can still continue work towards my passion. That's what I think. What he's, I think. But what I don't understand, maybe it's been a long week, and maybe I'm just very bad at articulating myself tonight. Um, but all I'm saying is, you're talking about reaching your end goal. I'm saying you need to get past the bad feelings when you're here to get to here. I'm not saying that you wouldn't aim for here. You would always aim for here, but there is going to be a point where you're here. Yes, you might not enjoy your job, but you're still going to have to give yourself to it. Because um, for me, I just don't believe you can switch on and off, given a high degree of effort. Whether I like it or not, and this comes down to, and the reason I got frustrated with the question is because you asked it in a yes or no manner, and it's not a yes or no answered question to me. Do I like working in IT? I don't, and that would be relevant if all I did every day is turn up. If I was still an engineer, I would get that question, right? I was asking, do you like your job? So, usually, if you ask somebody, do you, you can answer yes or no to whether you like your job or not. And well, I can't, personally. That's, that's not a yes or no answer but to me. That's why I'm but, even you, but even if you didn't like your job, if you're working towards your passion, you can always give 100% of the job you actually enjoy, enjoy doing. I don't think it's that easy. Why no, not? it's not easy. But this it's not is easy. the point. This easy. is the point I'm making. It's yeah. not easy. It's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. It's not going to be easy. If you don't enjoy what you're doing, it's not going to be easy doing it. However, you that's can't... You, you, maybe I need to watch this podcast back, but that's not what... That's not the way... I'm just going... Maybe I'm just going to say that I'm just saying it's not that easy. Before, it was very much of you... Um, 
don't make excuses. You have to give 150% every day. Da, 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 da. That's the way That's the way I was taking it. So, so, so not, achieve, not, okay, so maybe not, not, not taking into the fact that it's, it's still going to be difficult it's for difficult, people that don't I, enjoy what they're doing yeah. to go in and give 150% every day. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's going to be difficult. But however, it's not supposed to be easy. It's never, it's never, we've, got, it's we've got less than 150%. If we flip back, the point I started with is people overlook the fact that everybody, even at the highest of Highland Peaks, is still going through days where they don't feel like it and they need to get themselves through it. That was what I originally started with. The 150% came in further along the way. Ultimately, this still comes down to the same thing, is that when people are waking up and saying, well, I just don't feel like it, or I just don't enjoy my job, everybody has had to go through those and get through them. I'm not saying that it's easy. In fact, I'm saying the complete counter-officer. I'm saying you need to be aware of the fact that, yes, it's hard, but you're not the only person feeling this. What happened was, is Josh then said, it's it's harder for people when they're doing it, when it's not their dream. We was talking mm. about when it's not your dream, then, and that, and then that's when it started. Then I think that's when you came in was basically saying, even if it's not your dream, i.e. the doctor scenario, you still need to, you still need to. And I'm just, and but, the point I'm making is that when you're in something that you don't enjoy and you, you don't enjoy it, you don't want to be there, it's not a case of you should be going in every day but, and giving 150%. But I think what he, uh, but, but to be fair to Ben, I do think he did backtrack on the doctor's point and he actually did he backtrack on that. So uh, I, 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 I see what you're saying from that point, but I think he did backtrack on it and I, I, think, I do think he clarified it as well going on. Well, no, just the doctor's part, but the, the principle still remains the same. They were saying that even if, because we've just been talking about it for like a while. So then, if, then, 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 then all of me is, I just mean you have a different viewpoint. Yeah, which is cool. But my viewpoint is, whether I enjoy stuff or not, I'm going to give myself. 150%, maybe, okay, maybe I should say 110%, 112% or whatever. Um, but, again, I just want to be clear, there's a reason I don't give a yes or no answer stuff, because I don't see just, do you enjoy your job as yes or no. If I absolutely loved every aspect of my job, I would say yes. If I hated every aspect of my job, I would say no. Um, I can't give either of those. That's why I said it's not a black and white answer to me. No, but I think, I think it is, because... Well, it's not some, to me, someone, again, it's not to someone, me personally. Someone can say to me... <laughs> Do you love Man United? And I'll say, yeah. That's Do you love everything that Man United does throughout the season? Is is no. But the, pr the principle is is that you do. You you if some if you speak to the Rock for example and say, Do you love you love entertaining? Do you love? He'll say yeah. But does he? It, Every aspect of what he does, is, but, does he love it? If you would asked me, do I like leadership? I would have said, yes, that's very simple to me. Because the leadership component of my world is different. Taking a, taking a sports team is completely out of context. So how, how, how much of the leadership is your, how much is that? How much of the leadership is your role then? How, how much is that in your, in your role? Well, I need a team, so the leadership and management are a large component. So is that, is, is that basically 100% no, no, because there are no components where I need to deal with the parts of it where I don't enjoy dealing with challenges and stakeholders. There are parts of it where I have the... But there are many part components of it where I couldn't say that I 100% enjoy them, but I still do them. Yeah. Like, and I still do them at the highest of my ability. I get that, but I'm saying that... The, the, you're not so, but then it's still the, you know, the job. We're gonna, we're gonna go around it. Well, we are, because I, I, don't, go I don't really understand how we end up here, but still. We're gonna go around <laughs> All right, so... <laughs> that was a little thing, I'm pot. Alright, so, alright, what's the And I may just be flipping and sure I've got short and fused because I had a very long two weeks, so no, maybe I'm just. No, it's I'm cool. not really phased by that. No, but, but it's. it's just... Sometimes we disagree to disagree. We agree to disagree. Yeah, we don't have to agree we on don't everything. Agree on everything. We don't have to agree on everything. Yeah. We've got a difference of opinion on, on, on that. Yeah, it's cool. Alright, so what's the final topic this week on episode 31? Um, I think we've covered quite a lot. I mean, it's been quite a long episode, and it's quite a, a hot day. It's a Friday night that we're doing it on anyway. All right, cool. So, as we always say, do you remember it? Nah, Ben, you don't. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> so we're filming this on a, on a Friday. You might see it later on in the week, but we hope. I hope by the time you view this, that you had an enjoyable uh, bank holiday weekend if you're over in the UK, or a good weekend if you're anywhere else. Um, you've got on your t-shirt but you can't remember but you know how it goes life is only as good as your mindset and your results so, funny, good. Good. so enjoy your weekend and your week and we'll catch you next week peace see you later